0: Hi, I'm Michael Apple. Welcome to this chat with Democratic Alliance Shadow Minister for Public Service and Administration, Dr. Leon Schreiber. Thanks so much for your time today. Uh, I'd like to jump straight in. You want the president of South Africa tried for perjury. Dr. Schreiber, why?
1: Well, what we found, Michael, uh, from these minutes of the ANC's Cater Deployment Committee that we managed to obtain after almost a year and a half or two years of, of struggle now, uh, is that the, uh, the president of the ANC and of the country, Cyril Ramaphosa, uh, clearly misled the Zondo Commission when he testified about the reach and extent and influence of the ANC's Cater Deployment Committee. And the reason we can say this is because in those minutes that we got hold of earlier this month, it's very clear, unambiguous, that the ANC's Cater Deployment Committee, which uh, Ramaphosa chaired uh, prior to 2018, does discuss um, which judges should be so-called deployed to which uh, positions, and and goes as far as to specifically recommend individual names of judges that it wants in those positions. Now, obviously, the minutes also show influence in Chapter 9 institutions, government departments, state-owned entities, but what is particularly uh, important at this stage is that um, Ramaphosa very explicitly denied before the commission... That the cadre deployment committee considers judges. He he initially said no. The, he's not aware of any discussion around judges. Then after a break, and the, you know this is where Helen Suzman used to say, "Go and see for yourself." I was there, so I know that after a break in the proceedings, Ramaphosa actually returned to the stand and said he has to correct himself uh, because he's aware of once where that where. Uh, It was mentioned that there were vacancies, but then he was very explicit that there was no discussion about who should be appointed, who would be a good judge, who would not. And that is the part that we're taking issue with, because clearly he would have been aware that that is an untruthful statement.
0: Reminds you a bit of when President Ramaphosa had to come back to the National Assembly about the Bursasa money, doesn't it?
1: Yes, uh, that's an interesting comparison. Um, So I think this case is more um, open and shut even than anything else we'd seen before, simply because we have written documentation in black and white that uh, what he said was not true. But I think there is a growing perception among South Africans that President Ramaphosa is less than truthful uh, on occasion. And I think specifically what I saw during his testimony at the Zondo Commission is that he was very intent on trying to downplay uh, and spin the ANC Cater Deployment Committee's influence as something being very benign. It doesn't really have any influence. It doesn't really discuss uh, many appointments of great significance. Um, So this particular statement is part of a bigger pattern where he, um, in my view, sought to mislead South Africans about the extent to which cater deployment has infiltrated every aspect of the public sector, And uh, it is, to say the least, extremely concerning that the president uh, not only seemingly chose to defend anc cater deployment rather than come out with the truth in the interest of the country, but also that uh, he, despite having clearly received advice uh, during the break at the commission there, uh, still decided to make a blatantly misleading statement. And now, of course, um, as I mentioned in my statement this morning, The precedent created by the Zuma case comes into play, and that's where it it, it becomes very interesting.
0: Looking at the minutes of that, and let's be clear, it's a 2019 uh, cater Deployment Committee meeting. Is that correct? Chaired by Didi Mabuza.
1: That's correct. March 2019.
0: What positions was this uh, cater Deployment Committee interested in placing comrades in?
1: So the broader analysis of the, of the three years of minutes that we've obtained, so that's covering the period from May 2018 until May 2021, shows by our count 88 different state institutions, as I said, ranging from courts to Chapter 9 institutions like the Human Rights Commission, all the way through to government departments, and not only the top leadership, but actually uh, drilling down as far as, as far as deputy director general positions, um, so getting into almost middle management of the state. Um, but in this particular meeting that, uh, that we're discussing now, in March 2019, the Minister of Justice at the time, Michael Masuta, uh, made a presentation, apparently, at the Depl- Deployment Committee meeting. Then there was a discussion and a decision to recommend two uh, judges for the Constitutional Court, where there were two vacancies, uh, one position in the Supreme Court of Appeal, one position in the Labour Court and a position in the Northern Cape and Eastern Cape divisions of the High Court. And then, interestingly, those minutes go on to express a view of the committee, seemingly, saying that um, the judiciary has too much power and that actually uh, perhaps uh, the, the system has to be even uh, brought under bigger control by the ANC, seems to be the message there. So that's what was discussed. That's what we have, uh, black on white. And so the importance of this really is that even though for 27 years we know we knew such a policy existed, for the very first time in our democratic history, we have clear, irrefutable evidence of how far the tentacles of cater deployment has spread.
0: Does that render something like the Judicial Service Commission, the, the JSC, a, a, a public talk shop? Or is it truly there that the judges are, are actually shortlisted and chosen? Or is that is that a smokescreen? And, as you've pointed out, you have this deployment committee who at least is is talking about certain judges. Do the two not really match up here is Is one a smoke screen and the other one actually calling the shots
1: well that is if that is exactly the concern, and you can you can that concern exists for every position in the public sector because what you see through uh, cater deployment is the creation of a parallel appointment process. Uh, One, unlike the uh, legal appointment process, one that is not legally defined, one where there's no um, transparency, clearly, it took us 27 years to get these minutes for the first time, Um, and one which operates according to the personal opinions, views, uh, and considerations of loyalty to the ANC rather than to the country. And so that is precisely our concern with catered deployment, is that it entirely subverts the constitutionally defined Um, appointment processes, the norms and standards and and values and principles that are supposed to apply uh, to the public administration. And um, that is why we are very, very firm that this uh, practice has to be declared unconstitutional eventually. We have to outlaw it. Uh, And what we are busy with now, we view as uh, particular steps in a longer journey to make sure that we actually eradicate catered deployment because whether it's a judge whether it's a director general position, any person who applies or is being considered for a position by the JSC or any other selection committee uh, should have the fair opportunity where members of such a committee comes to the meeting with an open mind, not with instructions that predate that meeting from a political party. And therefore we can end up appointing the best among us to these positions of power rather than limiting the pool to this very small group of ANC loyalists, uh, which is the effect of cater deployment.
0: Dr. Schreiber, how powerful is this committee on the face of it? Didn't it once make the president apologize to it, and for what?
1: Yeah, that is quite an extraordinary uh, tidbit from these minutes, is that uh, at, on one occasion the president ha- had to explain why he appointed members to uh, Presidential Advisory Council on State-Owned Enterprises without consulting uh, the Catered Deployment Committee. And as you say, the President was very eager to apologize and say that it was due to time pressure that he had to actually make uh, an appointment, which is his legal right to make. Uh, the people of South Africa uh, vested that legal power in the President, not in the ANC's Catered Deployment Committee. And the fact that he can be made to apologize shows you just how how strong and the influence of this committee is. And it is not the only case. There are cases where ministers are scolded for not following so-called correct procedure, ironically being the, the illegal procedure in our view. Um, and, and you can see that there's a very clear sort of apprehension from ministers who attend these meetings that they must get approval, they must get sign-off. And in case, some cases, uh, the recommendations they make are overruled by the committee. And, and I think... A striking moment from the the, the Zondo Commission uh, was when the president was testifying about this and one of the evidence leaders put it to him that rather than this benign picture that the president was painting about uh, the the committee making recommendations and ministers making the final decision, in fact, the minutes show that it is the ministers who show up with recommendations and the Catered Deployment Committee who makes the final decision on who gets appointed. And I think... That is uh, exactly what is what these minutes show, and that is exactly what we have to get rid of if we want to build a capable state.
0: And I suppose the individuals who are shortlisted, chosen, and placed by this committee, presumably they know who they owe their allegiance to. It's, it's to the party. Um, the question is then, what is the quid pro quo or the expectation placed on an individual like that who has been catapulted by the party? What is that expectation, Dr. Schreiber?
1: Well, if you look at the minutes, you see that um, repeated repeated references to party loyalty. So um, people are regarded as caters of the ANC, loyal supporters of the ANC, firm mem- f- supporters, members of the ANC, et cetera. You see this right throughout the minutes. So that suggests very clearly that the quid pro quo is that uh, in in return for appointment, you must uh, promote the interests of the organization and presumably also align with its ideological goals, whatever they may be um, and that that is um, essentially the criteria against which you are appointed rather than you know the criteria which may be defined in the official ad- advertisement and We see this uh, michael you know any anyone who's followed South African politics for the last decade would know that uh, countless cases where public institutions are subverted to serve the will of the, of the governing party rather than to serve uh, the interests of the country. And so um, for any person who who was sceptical about the idea that catered deployment exists and that it exerts this powerful influence in our state, uh, these minutes uh, really put to bed all of those questions because it shows beyond any reasonable doubt that a loyalty to the ANC is a defining criteria, and any person would know then that if loyalty is uh, the basis upon which I can uh, uh, move forward in my career, then that is uh, the number one concern um, I, I, will, I will follow during my job. Just also to point out, um, we are continuing with our court case against the ANC, which we instituted last year, um, to try and get hold of uh, catered deployment minutes predating 2018. So between 2013 and 2018, President Ramaphosa was the chairperson of this committee, um, and uh, very, very conveniently, he told the Zonder Commission that minutes do not exist for that particular period. They're gone.
0: So, They're gone. But,
1: but you know what is so striking is that uh, in the first set of minutes, as unbelievable as this may sound, in the first set of minutes for a meeting from May 2018, the first item on the agenda is the adoption of minutes from the previous meeting. So it is as clear as daylight that there are more of these minutes Uh, And again, um, less than truthful, to put it politely, we believe, uh, the statement about there not being minutes. So we're continuing with that case. And even should there be a situation where there's not uh, specific minutes, we have asked uh, the court to help us obtain everything from email correspondence, WhatsApp conversations for any catered deployment committee groups that may exist, uh, any CVs that were considered. So we are confident that there's more evidence showing also, importantly, how the ANC may actually communicate with identified individuals ahead of their appointment. And that would be another crucial uh, piece of the puzzle.
0: Now, you've referenced uh, Batibiled Lamini, the former minister, as an example of someone currently uh, charged with perjury and going through the court system due to the SASA debacle. Honestly, I can't think of a single high-profile case in this country where somebody has actually faced the music for lying to the public. Can you assist me here? Can you think of one?
1: Uh, Not off the top of my head, Michael, but um, I can flag the two important precedents that are relevant to, to the Ramaphosa case because, first of all, there is the Batabilet Lamini matter, and it is a very important precedent because it shows that there's active legal proceedings against a member of cabinet, former member of cabinet, for the, for exactly this that she may have perjured herself before a judicial commission of investigation into sasa so it is exactly the same situation uh, as pertains with the zondo commission and then of course the other side of this is the the case that or, or the, 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 the the case that the zondo commission lodged with the constitutional court uh, against uh, former president zuma where you know they sought this order of contempt For undermining the work of of the commission and they were granted that order so we have very very clear and very recent actually precedent now of uh, not only the zondo commission being activist and seeking to protect its legitimacy but also of perjury before a judicial commission actually ending up in court so i think from a legal point of view uh, we have a very very strong case here and now the ball is in the zondo commission's court Uh, Will they follow the precedent that they themselves created in in the Zondo case? Uh, And will they ensure thereby that the commission's legitimacy is upheld by having the president account before the court for why he made this misleading statement in what I view as overall misleading testimony? Um, And also protecting the integrity of the judicial system, because we cannot lose sight of the fact that we're not, you know, the, the misleading statement wasn't made about, uh, any kind of appointment. It was made about courts and uh, judges to the highest courts in the land. And so I think there's a very clear responsibility uh, on the commission and also on the judicial system to take this very seriously in order to protect its own legitimacy and independence.
0: Well, realistically, Dr. Schreiber, is this, is this a Hail Mary request um, to the the acting chief justice or the office of the, the secretary of the commission? Have, have they responded to you?
1: So the letter was just sent this morning. So obviously uh, we've not received a response. Uh, But if I had spoken to you two years ago about the DA's determination to get hold of minutes of meetings of the ANC's Cater deployment committee, I'm sure most rational people would have described that as a Hail Mary as well. Uh, But, um, you know, through persistence and also repeated correspondence with the Zondo Commission, where when we couldn't get hold of those minutes directly from the ANC, we wrote to the Zondo Commission asking them to subpoena the minutes. Uh, and then we ultimately got hold of the minutes through the commission. Um, so we are uh, creative and we are determined. And uh, I do not think that this is something that that can just be dismissed out of hand. Um, and as I say, we are really committed to seeing this fight through, to ending CADA deployment and also to holding President Ramaphosa frankly accountable for his role in this. Uh, because as I say, he was the chairperson And uh, without fear or favor, the DA wants to hold people accountable who played a role in state capture, whether that be through associations with the Guptas or through cater deployment. Um, So uh, we'll see what what the commission says, but I can guarantee you this is not the end of the story.
0: Dr. Schreiber, I want to ask a question more broadly about political parties in the country, you representing the Democratic Alliance. Is there something similar to the deployment committee within the Democratic Alliance?
1: No, there isn't, Michael. And, I mean, it is a fair question. It's a question that I've gotten a lot, and I'm happy to answer it, that there is no catered employment committee, and there's never been one. Um, and, you know, if, uh, as far as I'm concerned, there never will be one in the Democratic Alliance. Uh, and, actually, you can see the consequences of that very clearly where we govern. So this is not abstract or highfalutin theory. It is it is very practical because, There is a reason why the Western Cape government and uh, municipalities where the DA has firm majorities uh, are the best-governed places in South Africa, and that is because appointments are made uh, in keeping with the legally defined, constitutionally defined appointment system whereby there will be selection panels, whereby the decision ultimately rests with the selection panel and the particular appointing authority, and there is no parallel system whatsoever whereby the DA will have meetings behind closed doors and then tell a premier or a mayor, hey, uh, you know, this is the person you have to appoint even before you start the appointment process. Um, so, no, it does not exist. And I think it's very clear in the evidence on the ground what we can actually achieve for South Africa if we can outlaw and uproot it in also in other parts of the state. And frankly, if that is a victory that we could secure in the, in the reasonably uh, near future, and we could get to a point where national government departments, at least, but also hopefully municipalities, start making appointments in line with the constitutional framework that we have, Uh, then we can start moving towards a situation of building a capable state. Uh, And that is exactly my motivation in this.
0: Lastly, you're you're hopeful then that uh, that the DCJ will actually make a pronouncement on the Legality, I suppose, of this deployment committee in the final volume uh, of the the state capture require, uh, inquiry report.
1: Yes, that is a critical next step. Um, so we've got two more v- reports outstanding, and we are hopeful that in one of them the uh, committee will confront this issue head on. Um, so that is why we are also, you know, as I said, we are we are taking initial steps now. We've referred. Uh, these appointments to the Public Service Commission. We've uh, singled out the issue of perjury, but we will wait for those final reports to see whether the Commission actually strengthens our hand uh, and gives us the additional uh, tools we may need to actually get this declared unconstitutional. Um, We also have the end Cater deployment uh, bill in Parliament already, uh, which which I drew up, and it is waiting. It's a private members' bill uh, in our committee, ready to go, And uh, both on the political side in Parliament, but also on the legal side uh, from the Commission's report, we hope, uh, and in fact, (laughs) for the sake of South Africa, we hope that there will be a finding very clear, unambiguous, that cater deployment must come to an end. Uh, And I think that is a critical opportunity for South Africa to then finally start moving forward in a systematic way.
0: Much appreciate your time. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you for the invitation, Michael.